it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. They're coming to get you, Barbara. He's sick. Why is he using one to me? Who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? Hello, this is the 404 Films Podcast. I'm Sai. I'm Carl. We are 404. We're a collective of... Irish filmmakers working out of Dublin who would focus more on genre cinema we'd be drawn to it a lot more yeah so we wanted to do a podcast talking about certain types of art that we like mostly movies and we kind of want to do for the entire being two big Halloween fans we wanted to do a big uh, month dedicated to all of our Halloween horror movies frights four four it's now 404 film frights the 404 Frights is basically, we're two huge Halloween fans. Like, we would consider Halloween to be like Christmas for us in the same vein. So we wanted to pick some movies that we, partic- like, very personal to us, that we feel are essential Halloween viewings. Now, the rules would be, they don't have to be set at Halloween. They just have to be very Halloween feeling. You know, Halloween-esque. We picked five movies each that we're going to break down and go through them. and um, We'll have some trivia in them, some... Naked women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just different things that we want to talk about and why why they why we love them and why we've chosen them for our our top five picks. Yeah, and hopefully you'll get some good recommendations out of it. One of the rules though that were not rules, one of the statements that we have to make in case somebody listens to this and wonders why it's not there. John Carpenter's Halloween, we're gonna do an entire episode about the entire series of that because you know, it was obviously going to be on both of our lists. It's probably on everyone's essential Halloween viewing list. And we love it so much that it needs its own episode. So exactly. if you hear yeah. it and it's not on our list, it's common. That's why. Another thing is to say that there are spoilers in the in these in this list. We are going yes. to talk the ins and outs of things. So if you don't want spoilers and you hear the title of the film yeah. that you don't want a spoiler to, you know, just skip, skip ahead. It. Yeah, yeah, just skip it. Although, even if with the spoilers, I think they're... You'll these still... Movies these are movies are, are old. These movies are old. Yeah. If you haven't seen them by now, uh, I mean... Go watch spoiler, them and then yeah. listen to it. We'll put a list of the movies we watch. We you'll, you'll, you'll hear them come up as they go. But if you haven't yeah. seen them yet and they haven't been spoiled, then go go watch them first. But they're so old, I'll be shocked if they haven't been spoiled for you already. You know? Yeah, exactly. Hello? Hello? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Scream was one that came to my head because I saw it as a really young kid. I remember I saw it in my neighbor's house, so um, the whole ghost face was really interesting to me. And then we had like a really good costume of it as well. Like I still have the ghost face upstairs. And it's uh, probably like the most common Halloween costume. It is, costume. yeah, yeah. Like there's ones that you can get that like ooze blood and ooze I remember those ones. But, uh, they were never the same though because they're not made of like rubber. The one in the yeah. movies made of rubber. The old shit. ones are really well made. The one I have upstairs is really well made. Um, it was uh, actually it was a Halloween costume before it was a. 
in the movie. I think that's where they got it because they had to license it from like whatever But it was based Halloween. on the painting. Yeah, and that was yeah. like the Halloween costume was based off the painting. Yeah. But it was just a Halloween costume because in the movie they wanted it to be like anyone could wear this. And it was a very common Halloween costume. And yeah. then it became for the movie. And I think there was a whole thing with rights. If they wanted to release like a ghost face clean yeah, mask, yeah. they had to go through the rights of the Halloween costume company rather oh. than, and they had to change it in a way or something like that. I think. I'm okay, not entirely sure. Okay. But I remember like you could go into any like pound shop and if you had one, like it's probably everyone's first Halloween costume is some variation of. Yeah. It, it was mask. one of yeah. our, the first yeah. ones that we had. I don't even know where my mom got it from. But I still have it upstairs and uh, I just found it like it's just it was just creepy. And it was that I don't know. It was just so well done in a sense of home intrusions. Yeah. You know, the opening with uh, Drew Drew Barrymore is like a new psycho. She was supposed to play um, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. But I thought it was perfect to have her in as like the ro- the start role. Like she, yeah, it, it made her, her off, even, yeah. it made her even more of a star, I think, to have her in that first yeah. few minutes and then she was killed off and she was kind yeah. of, her death was this big, like she was nearly a star in the film yeah, because that was, of her death. It yeah. was like a big kind of twist that it was like kill off the, the lead star. It was like playing on Psycho again. You know how they had uh, Janet Lee in the first 40 minutes yeah. cycle and then they kill off the main character it's like Wes Craven doing his version of that with Drew Barrymore who was exactly, like exactly because it gives you, you a know. sense of security you're like clearly they're not going to yeah, kill off Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they do so you feel you're you're, you're fucked you, yeah, you don't yeah. feel safe then watching you know if she's going to die everyone else is going to die saw them out of order the series of Scream so I saw the second one first on a Halloween night in particular, like yeah. I rented it and it was, I really liked it. I thought Second the opening was, I, I thought Scream 2 was great, but uh, Scream 1, when I watched it, I watched it like uh, I think a week after Halloween had ended and I really liked Scream 2 and I wanted to check this out and it was on TV and I caught it and I was kind of taken aback how brutal the opening was mm. where your man getting gutted in the porch, her boyfriend is tied up outside. But, I uh, actually saw Scary Movie 1 first before <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw Scream properly. Because I remember I, when I was younger, I watched Scream. I couldn't really remember it that much. It didn't really freak me out, but I, I remember like seeing clips of it. But then I, when I went to sit down and watch Scary Movie 1 for the first time, I was like, oh shit, like this is like a, you know, a spoof of this yeah, other movie. Yeah. So then I went back to watch Scream 1 and I thought it was great. Here's my really nerdy fact about it, that the original title for Scream was Scary Movie. It was, exactly, yeah. Ten times better name, in my opinion, for, like, Scream. Like, Scream is a very kind of generic name, I think. I prefer I mean, Scream. Do you really? Yeah, I prefer yeah, yeah. a scary movie because I think it just goes in line with the, the horror fanatics and, and the horror fans and the whole everyone's aware of the pop culture and it's like, you're it's it's the whole movie's meta. So they actually yeah. call it scary or um, scary movie. They they're very aware that this okay. What what are we gonna watch? Scary movie. Exactly because so. they watch Halloween in the movie. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. and there's a character that's explaining what the villain is gonna do, what Michael Myers is gonna do yeah. in Halloween, and then he's basically just is he kind of explaining what's happening to someone else in the house or that scream is it's, like uh, he breaks down the rules for people. They're very yeah. simple rules, but there's literally a scene when he's like, "Jamie, don't go in there. Don't go in there." And you and Ghostface is standing behind him while oh, he watches the movie exactly by it. himself. You yeah, know? But, yeah. Uh, that movie, I think, is is definitely the um, you, you kind of it's one like like I've said about other movies that I'm I'm going to talk about on the list is just uh, you understand why 
it's that famous. It's like it set the kind of uh, the benchmark for people being self-aware in horror movies. I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing necessarily because a bunch of bad movies came out of it. Like I know mm. what she did last summer and uh, Urban Legends, which isn't too bad if you've seen that with no, Jared Leto. But no. there's when characters got to the point where it's like, I know I'm in a horror movie and I'm going to like they say really goofy things. Sometimes it can be great and sometimes it can be really bad, but it definitely set up like I think Scream did it well. I think, yeah, like Cabin well, in the Woods, that's a later, much later one. They did it quite well, that they're very kind of self-aware and I like the idea of, like Buffy, I think, wouldn't like exist without Scream. Because okay. it kind of set the kind of bar of like, they know kind of how fantastical all of this is, that there wouldn't be like Buffy. Because they're like, everyone's kind of aware that they're in a horror movie and horror movies exist in that world. Yeah. And I, I think that was like a fine line that people could be in a movie and be like, oh, this is like the part in a horror movie and this happens. But it, it did get a bit much. Like when characters are that kind of meta and self-aware, it does kind of get tedious. And it does, It does yeah. kind of create kind of a airhead kind of characters yeah. at some point. But like Sydney's not like that Nev Campbell in. Exactly. She's really clever and she's probably one of the best final girls. No. No, it's just, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. But a lot of the the people that would be based off her in the future were kind of, I felt like, airheads of like, this is what's going to happen in a horror movie. This guy is going to jump out at me. And it, it created some very annoying characters. The con, it it you know? did, yeah, yeah. Like, I found that probably screamed at that right and they kept the right characters with their heads screwed on but like I'm trying to think what did you think of Rose McGowan's character in that where she gets she's the one who gets caught in the door I, I really like that scene I I can't really fault the first movie at all like mm. even I love the second one probably just as much but it's it's not as good but the first one I can't fault like that whole sequence I really enjoy with Rose McGowan because it is she's, she's like, quite oh. clever mm. where she I mean I know it's like it's the only problem with that whole thing the only kind of... Because like, in that sequence where Rose McGowan dies, she's really clever. She's beating the shit out of him. And I remember them even saying, like, we can't really have the villain of our movie get beaten up this much, can we? And they were like, no, it's great, it's great. But it's really slapstick because she's kicking the shit out of him. And it's the fact that she can't fit through the... Uh... Yeah. I remember seeing... A... The dog door, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing a parody in a very fucked up way, a scary movie type movie. It wasn't like Scary Movie directly, but it was another spoof one. Yeah. That the reason why she couldn't fit was because she had like a, a, a boob job or something like that. I and saw that as well. It's, Where it's was a, that? Uh, I can't remember. I think the movie's called Shout or Shriek. Oh, but it's really bad. Right. Yeah, because really I remember bad. I saw that. I might have seen the film years ago where I saw a clip of that. But Rose McGann in real life, she was so petite that she was actually able to fit oh, through really? it. They had to... They had to staple her to the thing or something weird like that i can't remember what it, it what i read but yeah they had to like tie her to the thing so she, when she went up and that she'd, she'd stay stuck, yeah. and she wouldn't fall back out again i love that kill i think it's so cool i think that whole sequence is is like even her character is very like tongue-in-cheek and even when she does die it's kind of like a ah here we go kind of eye roll kind of moment but yeah. um, the only thing I, I find very like unbelievable about that is the characters are very uh, I don't want to say immoral, but they're like, there's a curfew. One of their friends in school is just killed and they're all like, let's have a curfew party. <laughs> you know, I'm going to dress up as the killer and all this kind of shit. It's a bit like, that's, mm. that's fucked up. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, the yeah. only kind of thing, you know, that uh, is unbelievable about the movie. But like, Matt, like Matthew Illard and stuff in it. So good. He's, he's a uh, shaggy and Scooby-Doo, but he's, um, yeah, 
Oh, Stu, what's his name? Stu. Stu, yeah. yeah. He's got the best lines in it. You know? He does, yeah. But yeah. he, I think a lot of that was improvised. Uh, if I wouldn't be so, he's, I love him. He's very, he's very quick and he's very wishy. Like, I really like his lines his, are like his character. His delivery, yeah, yeah, like his delivery is so good. Like, mm. his whole, I'm getting a bit woozy here, man. Yeah. <laughs> after getting stabbed and everything. Was it know? him and Neve Campbell had a thing going on after during the, the, the main Yeah, I think screen? they were going yeah. out at the time, you know? Yeah, I think so. But uh, his, uh, his his lines are great. Yeah, would put out of her misery. Because let's face it, Sydney, your mother was no Sharon Stone. What what made you kind of pick this movie to be Halloweeny though? Um, I guess it kind of just always brings me back to Halloween. The fact that I have had that costume for yeah. as long as I can remember. My sis, it was my sister's, I think, and she used to wear that on Halloween. And then, when I was younger, me and my friend would dress up into it, and we'd do pranks in the house and stuff like that to my mom and stuff just be weird like with it you know I just yeah. it just always brought me back and gave me those Halloween kind of vibes because it's always every time we take out the Halloween decorations it's always it's with those Halloween Halloween decorations and it's just you know it just always no, brings me back I, I get it like I, I don't I didn't I didn't pick for one of mine but it is it would have been one of the close ones I think yeah it yeah. actually it didn't occur to me because I think it's just kind of built into my brain because it's like you go to any Halloween costume shop it's gonna be there it is it's, yeah it's like one of the probably the most common costumes as we said but also 100%. like I did watch the second one I rented the second one on yeah. DVD back when you could like rent movies on, on DVD man I sound like such a hipster right now back when you could rent yeah. movies on DVD man um, I don't know it's like Christmas we always said that like Halloween is like Christmas for us so yeah. I always kind of get that slump of like sadness when Halloween is over same you know so like when I had to bring Screen back to the DVD uh, rental place, and then I was like, Oh, Halloween's over. It was coming up on TV. Screen one was coming up on TV, and yeah. I was like, Okay, I'm gonna watch this. And it kind of was like, Oh, this is great because it's the first time of me properly watching it. And I remember there was this great moment where it's the opening with Drew Barrymore, and it's really tense. And she tells your man, like, The fuck off on the phone, she yeah, puts it down, and the phone rings, but like <laughs> our landline phone rang at the same time. And I was like, Oh, shit, you no know way, I mean? yeah, that Do was you really know, cool. Yeah. Did you know that she actually rang 911 multiple times oh, during really? the making because the props master forgot to unplug the phone? <laughs> so 911 kept ringing, being like, What's going on? Like, are you okay? And they were like, What the fuck? That whole opening is really interesting. Like, I heard the way he got because she gives such a good kind of performance of like being terrified that exactly. he, he tortured her by telling her the story about like somebody lighting a dog on fire it was, it was her really, dog was it yeah it was her dog That's that fucked. they lit on some boy in her neighborhood that she was saying lit her dog on fire when she was younger i'm pretty sure it was her dog and obviously it's a horrible traumatic yeah. thing to ever happen if anyone touched my dog That's there would be war like up, yeah so that was something she explained to Wes Craven during the making of it that that was something really traumatic to her and he used that against her. Yeah, I don't know if opening. I can... I don't know how yeah, I feel about yeah. that. In fairness, I think that's very traumatic. I, I didn't know it was her own dog. I'm pretty sure it was her own I dog, can, yeah. I mean, I would consider... Remember how uh, everyone talks about how great Stanley Kubrick is and, but he, he basically tortured Shelley Duvall. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. He wasn't nice you know? to people on set yeah well that's the thing but people would kind of give him a pass because he's like this great genius but i, I would say i've heard lots of people talk about wes craven they all said he was great and mm. i would consider wes craven a, a genius as well because yeah. look at the amount of amazing things he's done so like in 1974 i think i might be wrong on my date he's basically started a new kind of genre with last house on the left yeah yeah and then in the 80s 
he made one of the most popular slasher movies, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And then he created this whole boom of new slasher movies in the 90s. So, like, for every decade, he did a groundbreaking horror movie. So that, like, you know, if he did do that, kind of fucked up. But at the same time, he he sounded like a nice guy. Everyone had high, like, very nice things to say about him. And he was a very, very talented. Yeah, like, I think it is fucked up. But obviously, I wasn't in that situation. I don't know what their agreement was. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure she obviously told him. So she... Yeah, they talked about it afterwards. They talked about it, yeah. And it was something that, like, she obviously consented to for him to use it. It worked. But, like, he'd say, (laughs) literally on set, when he'd want to get that reaction, he'd be like, he has the, the lighter the yeah, boy yeah has the lighter and she'd start screaming which is it's such a good um i think it's particularly for somebody who's dabbled in acting it's really hard to to get to that that level, level. Yeah. and then to keep it going for like 10 minutes or how, how long the opening Jesus, they is, were probably you know? filming for hours with that like you know yeah. so yeah fair enough you do you know? think you could uh, pass the ghost face horror movie test that he does in the opening do you remember all the questions I know he asks about what's your favourite horror movie and then does he ask about Michael Myers? She says... Yeah, like I think she picks Halloween as her favorite movie, but they're talking and, and he did like he uh, Wes Craven puts in a dig to Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street where he's like, uh, I don't know what's your favorite sc- like I don't know my favorite movie is probably Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's like, oh yeah, is that the one with the guy with knives for fingers? And she's like, yeah, yeah, the first one's great, but the rest are shit. You know what I mean? Oh, so, man, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, he asks, uh, I'll ask the one, I'll ask you the question, and I'll see if you can get it right. Yeah. Who is the killer in Friday the Thirteenth? Oh, Jason Voorhees. Oh, oh, no, it's not. It's his mother. <laughs> oh, your boyfriend's dead. Yeah. That's, that's what kills um, your Shit. man in it. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember what uh, his it's other It's his mother, are. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew that, that was such a trick question. Yeah, because yeah. that's the one that actually gets her boyfriend killed in it. That she answers like that as well. Like, you just, oh, it's Jason. It's definitely Jason. It's like, oh, no, shit. <laughs> you know? Fuck, yeah. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's, that was a good one. You got me. Yeah, I find it interesting that this the film was written in three days. Kevin Williamson is the, the writer of the film. It has an interesting kind of backstory for how it was written and stuff like that. I didn't yeah. know it was written in three days, but I heard it was based off... The Williamsburg... Yeah, the, like an Gainesville, actual... Sorry, the Gainesville yeah, murders. The, the, the per- I, don't, I, I remember watching like some bullshit fucking true crime TV, you know, like Killer Wives, that kind of yeah. show about it. And it was basically the guy was obsessed with like the Exorcist tree or something like that, wasn't he? The film. What? Yeah, and he, he killed people because he was obsessed... He's obsessed with that, but I don't know how true that is because you know with the media they're like. There's you an know? Exorcist three. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. What were you saying? Well, that the was media. the biggest shock from it. Yeah. Um, you know, like just in the media, they'll say like a guy killed like twenty people, and they'll be like, oh, "Did you know he's a horror movie fan?" So mm. that's why he did it. So I don't know how true it is, but I think it was based in around that he was a big fan of that movie, and I guess he tried to explain his actions. Because, because he was a fan of that movie, yeah, either he but, did or the, I'm not. I'm honestly, I don't really have an authority to talk about it because I don't know. I haven't yeah, done I've, any research I've on no it. No idea. People actually that. died, so it's a bit fucked up if I I claim this. But to say that just because I've started this point to say that anyone is going to kill anyone over a movie or did it because of a movie is a joke. Yeah. I think that's what the kind of the inspiration they took was to be like ones that people did kind of love horror movies and they went off and. But they even say it in it. They say, "Don't you blame the movie, Sid?" Because they don't make people killers they just make killers more creative or something that's a line oh, ripped straight from yeah. it like you know yeah so. yeah yeah i just i find it interesting that obviously he was just watching like the games of murders on like i don't know some tv show he just got really creeped out 
and he called up his friend who started asking him about what was his like scary, favorite scary movie and all that yeah. stuff and that's where the phone call the phone call yeah, that's yeah. where the, big, the the opening of the film began was when his friend was like so what is your favorite scary movie um and then he went to bed that night and woke and like he was so freaked out and he went and he woke up at like 3 a.m and he just started writing the opening yeah. for scream i think that whole phone kind of element is is what kind of makes it so great is because it is like there's so many because it's a slasher movie basically or mm. it's uh, like a whodunit kind of killer movie but uh when you've got so many characters like jason uh who's jason who's a ripoff of michael myers yeah sorry for any big jason fans out there michael myers is infinitely better because he came oh, first yeah. yeah and he's i, I don't think, i'm not a big fan of friday the 13th I, I, I was a big i mean i like them but they're they're really not as good as Halloween oh like God, it's no. just a kind of copy but that's a, another yeah. conversation for another day but when every kind of character bar like Freddy Krueger or Chucky in that kind of genre doesn't say a word they're just like a, a, a voiceless kind of killer it was great to have another one that's talking on the phone and making fun of the victim and stuff like that yeah, it's a very different that, element yeah, they you know had what I mean? some humor into it as personality well personality kind of yeah there, there was yeah. a little yeah there was a colourful personality there for Ghostface and uh, I just I it was different and I liked it I'll just say that there's a whole episode probably going to be dedicated to the screen movies because <laughs> the more I talk about them the more I want to rewatch them and talk about them and yeah. I didn't even get to once mention Courtney Cox so that'll have to be uh, and, uh, yeah the fact that David Arquette and, and everything. they got yeah, married yeah, after yeah. that which is and they were and then divorced, for a long time and divorced and acted in the front and then they're mm. making a new they're making Scream 5 they had like Scream 1, 2, 3 and 4 they, they stopped getting good after 2 yeah they made two seasons of a TV show another season of an unrelated TV show like MTV picked it up and now they're making Scream 5 and Nev Campbell is coming back for it and everything so okay, okay. Should, yeah that'll maybe, be good yeah. yeah actually another reason why I I included this into my list was on Halloween I think it might have been like four or five years ago I went to the Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin and I watched Scream 1 and 2 back to back yeah <laughs> it was just like it was just a thing to do on Halloween that they you'd, I always I, it was like three years in a row that I'd go and I'd watch like, one year was The Shining, and that year was Scream 1 and 2. They're really good, I think, uh, starter kind of horror movies for people who aren't really into horror movies that much. I feel like you're going to be entertained anyway because they're very funny. Exactly, yeah, and, that's and a they, good idea. they can get kind of brutal and interesting and, and scary, like, you know, but yeah. uh, they're yeah, definitely so you, good starter ones, yeah. Yeah, if you ever want to introduce people to scary movies. Because I have a lot of people saying to me recently, like, that, like, I've been talking to, obviously, now that it's spooky season, I've been saying, um, talking about more horrors, and a lot of people have said to me that they hate horrors, and they just, and I, I understand it, but they just, I think someone said to me that they were like, oh, I just, yeah, my older siblings made me watch them when I was younger, and it just traumatized me. And I was like, oh, that's, that's actually fair enough. I don't, I'm, I used to be, I mean, I was always into horror movies, but it was a weird kind of thing that, like, there was certain ones that I was like, oh, no, that was too scary. I can't go back to it. It was, like, disturbing. Or I used to really hate dolls. Like, so even seeing the Chucky Child's Play movies, the poster, I'd be like, no way. Like, that's, I'd have nightmares yeah. and stuff. And I, I remember my mom having to tell me, I was like, you know, they're special effects and they're not real. But then when I, like, when I got a little older and uh, I wanted to look up, I was my kind of weird trauma became more of a curiosity. I started looking up more about the Child's Play movies. And now they've turned out to be, like, one of my favorite series of, of really? films. Yeah, I just think... People should go back, whatever scale of the kid, and should look at it again. I think it's it's a very rewarding kind of experience to look back at stuff that, that creeped you out, you know? Because mm. it's like nostalgic. And even if it was a fucked up nostalgia of like terrifying fear, it's still really interesting. You know? Yeah, yeah, I get you. The first time when I saw Chucky was 
the shop across the road from my primary school. So I was only like 10 at the time, I think. And my friend, who I was friends in, in primary school, she was really into horror films as well, I remember. And she heard, like, parents used to rent them out for her. And uh, I remember seeing Chucky, like, on a, this, like, kind of little, it was like a real kind of run-down shop. But yeah. it was, like, where we got our sweets and stuff after school. And uh, the poster on the window was, like, Chucky. And I remember being so scared of yeah. it, but so intrigued. I was like, I need to see this. But And I went home to my mom, and I was like, Mom, please, can we rent it? And she was like, no. <laughs> no, it's, it was definitely one that I think most people were afraid of the posters more than... Yeah, the than the actual films. Because if you watch the films, they're very kind of funny and enjoyable. You yeah, know? Not I like never funny, watched it know. then properly after. Oh, that, I mean, that's another series that I really got into them. I really, really like Because he has his whole... His whole uh, to bring it back to screen, you know, he came out, what, like, the first one, uh, he came out like he's a person. The first Child's Play movie came out, like, in the 80s. Mm. And then it was around, like, the late 80s and into the early 90s that the first tree came out. Then there was a huge, big hiatus. And then he came back after Scream brought horror movies back into uh, popularity again. And he had his own kind of 90s, kind of everyone is making quips and wisecracking it's Bride of Chucky with Jennifer Dilly and I actually think oh, yeah. it's really really good okay so okay you definitely check that one out you know? yeah I guess I kind of just had never went because I I didn't really have access to it when I was like 10 and then when my mom was like no you're not renting it was really funny though my mom was so like hot and cold at those things I remember when we'd, we'd go for to a sleepover when I was like that age she rented out like what was it uh, Final Destination and they're the fucking they're, scariest ones of it all because they're, they're fucking realistic they're like gory yeah and, exactly but, uh, oh, they're not realistic what like a pe- like a fucking penny falls from a vent yeah I know into a you know fan I mean. and goes through somebody's head but yeah, yeah they're but violent like, I mean yeah. they're violent yeah, yeah exactly I mean and they're things that I mean creepy things have more creepier things have happened in terms of like coincidence yeah so, I feel like there'd you know? be like uh, there's somebody should make a really realistic Final Destination that's just really tragic where like somebody doesn't wear a hard helmet in a building site and gets a brick dropped on his head yeah. Like, yeah he went to a coma man yeah. died three years later something really really Jesus sad you know? speaking of Matthew Illard I'm going to go into I'm probably butchered that name as well I'm going to pick go into one of my picks is Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island <laughs> join Scooby and his pals as they go from unmasking phony monsters to searching the country for real cases of the supernatural Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Because this time, the monsters are real. I mean, it's weird that I'm picking kids' movies, but uh, it's not the only kids' movie I've picked for this list. But um, I definitely, I mean, you're not a Scooby Doo fan. I never watched it. I never had which the chance I to watch find it as a kid. Insane. Yeah, like, I it's know. It's weird how kids, because that those set of movies came out when I was very young. Well, when I was born, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island was a direct to DVD full length movie. It was like the first full length Scooby Doo movie that came out in yeah. 1998 that set off a whole chain of movies. Like four chain, like four of a series, and then a new TV show and everything. Other than that, it was like the old show, like Where Are You, Scooby Doo, and the Scooby Doo Show. Mm. But the Scooby Doo always creepy. Like, was there always creepy stuff? Going well, on? that's it. Like Scooby Doo is a weird one where I kind of have to take a step back and be like, yeah, Scooby Doo is a horror show. It's yeah. it's a weird kind of. Uh, it's always like it's like the uh, the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew. Mm. You know, it's always like a mystery where. Somebody wants land and they want to scare them off by doing a, a hoax of like a ghost. And it's always that the ghost is a, is a, is a fella, like is a person in a, in a mask or a disguise. So it's a monsters every week and they have to solve them, you know. Oh. But you kind of have to take a step back and be like, okay, what a fucking insane idea for a show. Like, how do you pitch that so crazy? Like, you know, 
Like, it's so surreal that, mm-hmm. okay, every new week there'll be a, a guy trying to get real estate by dressing up as a ghoul or an evil gorilla or something like that, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. always like a horror show. But it was when these ones came out, they kind of got more self-aware. Coming from, I think, the Scream movies and stuff, that they got a bit more self-aware. And they did... Um, this one where the whole base of it is do you know like the would you know the characters in it in Scooby-Doo yeah 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 okay yeah so like uh Daphne yeah she um she's like whole her whole basis of her character in the movie is that she wants to find a real ghost because all the other ones have been phonies phonies yeah, yeah and there's, yeah. A whole, there's a whole like uh montage in it I just want to say as well, the music in it is really, really good. No, there's zombies on the and it's time again. I see, I never had the channel that, had, that oh, played okay, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. I only had cable, which only had Nickelodeon. You'd catch a few on TG Cahar in Irish, Oh, wouldn't right, you? yeah. See, no, I didn't watch TG Cahar when I was a child. But They'd uh, no, show I... uh, the odd cartoon in Irish. Spongebob, Krabby Burger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what the Irish equivalent of, or the uh, Irish translation of Krabby Patty was. Krabby Burger. Krabby Burger. Yeah, no, it wasn't worth watching in Irish now. No, but, no. Uh, yeah, it was um, on Cartoon Network. Yeah, it was Cartoon, yeah. exactly. It was Cartoon Network and I didn't have that. I Like, the reason I watched those because my grandparents who lived down the country had weird TV, so they didn't have Nickelodeon. They had Cartoon Network on their satellite uh, or their, on their uh, yeah, ordinary yeah, yeah. channels, you know? And my granddad used to record everything for us, basically, and send it back with us on a, a VHS tape. Oh, so okay. That's so nice. We would have all these movies recorded. And, like, reason why as well, it's a Halloween one to me, is because they'd show it on Cartoon Network as a Halloween kind of block of other ones. And, like, even in this kind of series of movies, there's about four of them. There's Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo and Witches Ghost that had Tim Curry in it, and it's set at Halloween, and it's really kind of gothic. It's all about Salem Witches and stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders, and then Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost is the more Halloween one, but this one I had to go with because it's the best one and it's like my favourite one. It was shown in a Halloween block and because I had it on VHS, I'd watch it at Halloween all the time. Mm-hmm. Track down the DVD, I can't remember why I got it and I still watch it to this day around Halloween. But like, I think you'd ask a lot of people who are Scooby-Doo fans and they'd say it's the, the best one and it, it goes kind of certain places with the horror that you wouldn't expect a kind of goofy cartoon to go. Like uh, the whole thing is that she wants to prove that there's a real ghost. Yeah. And they go to a, I think it's like an old plantation or something like that in New Orleans. And there's a bunch of zombies in it and they're done. They're drawn very kind of graphically and everything. And uh, there's like twists in it where it turns out that the, there you know, there's always a twist that the person in Scooby-Doo helping them is obviously going to be the, the bad guy. You course, know what I mean? Yeah. It's Wait, like, you know, is this animated or is it? This is animated. Oh, right, like okay. it, No, it definitely influenced the later one that was written by James Gunn and Matthew Willard plays Shaggy in it. Yeah. Because that one is that everything's fake until there's actually real magic involved but this is the case they're actually real zombies but it turns out that the people helping them on the plantation are actually like cat werewolf people oh and they have a very like violent (laughs) transformation it's it's so good like there's this whole flashback they have like this tragic backstory where their plantation was attacked by pirates. Yeah. And the pirates forced them to get eaten by a bunch of crocodiles. And it's really... <laughs> Sounds really, like a dream. Yeah, no, it's really yeah. violent. Adrian Barbeau plays the kind of quote-unquote bad guy. You yeah. know, uh, your woman uh, who runs the plantation. And that's 
John Carpenter's ex-wife, you know, the radio uh, host in The Fog. So they did get, like, horror movie actors yeah, yeah. to be in it. You know okay, what I mean? interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely influenced the live-action ones. The, even the humor and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely the standout of all the, the Scooby-Doo's. Yeah, and why did you pick it as your one of your top five films, like... I think it's because it is like a nostalgia kind of thing and it is shown around Halloween, but it, it does kind of give off that big kind of Halloween uh, kind of mood, that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Because you, you kind of get it built into your head that if you do watch it every year, Especially if, it's if on you had it year, as a kid. And, like, and as yeah. a kid, definitely. It gives, um, it kind of is like a light switch for that feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's such like, I think, big within the genre that like a lot of horror fans would like it as well. That the movie Trick or Treat, like a bit in that movie, one of the characters is watching it on TV. You know what mm. I mean? So it is like associated with Halloween and everything. And of course, yeah. Not related to my point at all, but if you've ever watched Scooby-Doo, it's something about the way they animate the food and that is, you know really good like i've never like i mean never have i ever watched something where i wanted to eat food more even though it's not real it's I animated get that. yeah i like, know what you mean i'd have it taped and i'm re-watching it when i'm a little kid in my room in the middle of the night i'm watching it and i'm like god i'm so hungry you know I'm watching, <laughs> and not only that because it's recorded off the tv in between in all the ad breaks there's an ad for like mcdonald's yeah or something like that and i'm watching it, i was like this is the wrong thing to watch right like oh in the middle god. of the night you know yeah, yeah so like i'd be watching this every year around halloween and one of the other things i would watch is the first uh, it's actually a two-parter in american horror story uh season one i yeah. think they they've renamed it like hell house or murder house, murder house or, think, okay yeah. yeah but um because they do in that show they do uh like they recast all the same actors but as different characters each season yeah we were watching uh me and my brother were watching this and (laughs) while we were watching it we were like and we were watching the american horror story thing around the same time around halloween but while we were watching it we were like hmm this was kind of a good setup for a genuinely good like horror movie and we were like who would we get to like who would we cast from the american horror story actors in this scooby-doo like if they yeah. ever did like it taken i was like okay well jessica lang would obviously play the adrian bobo character because she had the short blonde hair oh, and she had the southern yeah. accent and okay. everything and we kind yeah. of broke it down it was like well evan peters would have to play him and sarah paulson would have to play that character and everything like that so i just thought that was, yeah i just thought it was funny stephen king the best-selling author of carrie and the shining takes you on a startling journey to Salem's Lot. Okay, for the next one I want to talk about is Salem's Lot, directed by Toby Hooper. He did Texas Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, as well. He did a few different ones. I can't remember what other ones he did, though, at the moment. Poltergeist was... Poltergeist, But I'm not sure, like, there's a whole... I'm not sure if it's disproven or not, but I knew there was kind of this rumor going around that because steven spielberg produced that movie that he might have directed it secretly because of like some weird thing with the director's guild i'm not really sure about it i'm kind of taking bits of information i've heard in my past but either way that's one of his interesting though yeah doesn't feel like one of his movies though i feel like he makes he i mean i really like him toby hooper with salem's lot yeah i mean i like salem's lot you know a lot. That was yeah. terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. It was, it was not even considered a pun. Um, and I love the Texas, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. But I feel like his whole kind of career was like either making a great movie like that or Salem's Lot, well, which was like a TV movie or a Poltergeist. But then kind of he'd have these kind of hit and miss movies in between. Oh, um, okay. He did a really good space vampire movie on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still there. It's called Life Force. It's 
fucking insane. It's really? Got, yeah, it's never got, heard of it. Oh, it's got some really weird... It's like one of Patrick Stewart's first movies. It's it's something else. Like, yeah, okay. definitely check that out if anyone hasn't seen that. But um, his whole kind of career was a bit hit and miss. But this was like... I don't know if this was made for TV or something, was it? Because it's a two-parter. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, a, it's a TV miniseries, they yeah. say. But a lot of the Stephen Kings do that. Because this is obviously written. There's not the screenplay. The screenplay was written by... Paul Monash and obviously Stephen King wrote the novel there what's the other two part of the Stephen oh It the Clown obviously yeah. and then It and then he he went into this habit of uh, not habit there was this kind of I think they were they were all made by the same guy they did uh, TV two part TV so all of them are like two parts so like yeah. you watch them one night yeah and tune in tomorrow for the conclusion exactly. of it you know what I mean yeah. so it was like that but he started to remake some of his books uh, that were already made into movies. He started remaking them for TV with his approval. So The Shining had a two-part TV adaption, and it's really bad. I think there's another one as well. I think The Stand was one of them too. I think they're both made by Mick Garris. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm mm. really sure The Shining one is. Okay. But that's basically, they weren't like over... Like, there's a good few Stephen Kings where it's basically you watch one on like Friday night or Saturday night, and then tune in tomorrow to watch the second half that's how it was yeah 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 because I remember when I was younger watching It the Clown like that Mm -hmm. when I was in my um, grandparents house and it would always be that extra kind of creepiness because you're down the country you're you're not surrounded by a lot. So yeah, it is. yeah. It you're makes like it, it in makes the it middle of darkness. Kind of yeah, way. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I like that. I, ch- I wanted to choose Salem's Lot because I actually had kind of forgotten about it for a while but it's always that scene with the little boy at the window. Yeah. And he's like levitating in a circle, and it's so fucking. And he's like scratching on the on the glass. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the little the sounds that he makes when he's scratching on the glass just it's like oh. God, yeah, they're very uh, so different looking. Exactly, yeah. they're so and the way they're shot, they're obviously shot on film, and it's just I don't know, it just gives it another another layer of creepiness. Yeah. Because of the way it, it's just. It's kind of got like a worn look because I feel like worn, it is yeah. for like I I could be wrong but I feel like because it's shot for TV it doesn't look as pristine as a movie would. It kind of looks that's like so it's a lower true. grade kind it of is, and it? it adds to it. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a lower grade. It's not as like you said pristine as like movies that were made back then as well. Like it captures that real um, creepy kind of spooky kind of gothic vibe of of yeah. the kind of the vampire subject matter. Like yeah. the vampires themselves in it look really really cool like they they the, the yellow kind of eyes they have the whole the, the look of the kid mm. is basically the, like they all the vampires kind of have that same trait of the the sharp nails the really pale like pale, off color skin and the yellow skin, kind gray, of infected yeah. looking demon yeah. looking looking eyes you know? yeah but it's very simple at the same oh, yeah, time yeah. like it's so and that's why sometimes it it it, it really proves like the simpler the, the more simpler the better yeah you know I, I do agree with that in terms of like definitely old films like that I just the way like I know obviously the main vampire is definitely Nosferatu Nosferatu yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely the, what's, I don't know his that. name in it but I, I just know remember, James yeah. Mason who is like his helper his like uh, Renfield in it he's yeah. the, the guy who's really funny you know James Mason's got the voice like that you know but he's the <laughs> guy that like helps but he just keeps calling him the master I don't know his real name but he's like blue Nosferatu Nosferatu. And I just know he doesn't speak in it. It's always James Mason doing his weird voice like that for all of his lines. So like the my you you like your favorite scene is the bit in the window. My yeah. favorite scene is when the the little kid uh, who's like the main character, one of the main characters who's into all the weird horror stuff like all the models and stuff is there with his family talking to the priest. 
to help get over the grief of, of his friends because they are the two kids that fly into the window because mm. they both get killed. And they just kind of abruptly, James Mason and the, the master basically just show up very abruptly. And uh, it's, it's weird calling him the master over and over again. But uh, mm. they show up in the kitchen and he kills both of his parents really kind of quickly. And then the priest, you know, has to stay back and they do the whole your faith versus his faith. Throw away your cross, face the master, your faith against his faith. Could you do that? Is your faith enough? It's been a while since I've seen it. I think I was 15 or 16 when I watched it, but just the feeling that it left with me. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but even when we're saying about the graininess of like the, the, the film. The visuals are the like, visuals, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just even the, the feel that it left me with yeah. is why I, well, I, it's something I want to watch again and go back. But I just always like remember, I always watch that clip of the kid at the window because it yeah, freaks me yeah, out yeah. i love showing other people that because they're like jesus yeah that's a lot so of people creepy. still consider that like i, I would it still is consider the... that creep more yeah. creepier than like i'm very into like the classics i guess mm-hmm. not a lot of modern horror films really do it for me that clip don't like that yeah, yeah. freaks me out you know that creep that really gets me like that would still have me could get me on a bad night you yeah, know? yeah. I, I could be lying in bed and think of that and be, have to turn my light on because I get so fucking it, freaked It's out. like, it's parodied all the time. Not just that scene, like that scene is parodied in the Simpsons vampire one where it's like Bart's the vampire outside the window. Yeah, yeah. Come join us, Lisa. It's so cool. You get to stay up all night drinking blood. And if you say you're a vampire, you get a free small soda at the movies. I, I think you, I don't know if you'll remember it, but it's on, it was a show, Channel 4 did Hunter's Greatest Scary Moments that we, we talked about in the past just about how much we liked it. It was basically shown around Halloween where people voted on like movies and TV shows and ads that they thought was really scary. But one of the things in it was Salem's Lot and that yeah. scene. But one of the other scenes in it was they talked about the show overall called the, is like a sketch show called The League of Gentlemen. Yeah. And they par- they're they huge horror fans that write that like um, uh, Mark Gaddis mm-hmm. and Reese uh, Shearsmith and stuff. But they parody that like so well the vampires and their christmas special um that they even look like the vampires from salem's lot like they have the pointed ears and the 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 very kind of particular looking fangs and the weird eyes and everything oh, you know what i mean right. yeah i haven't seen that but I, the one episode i do know is the the, the Christmas one where that's, he's like, it's you're ant- my wife now. That's it, yeah, it's like uh, they're anthologies, you know, so that's like uh, Papa Lazarus. Papa Lazarus, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember that. That one was voted in this countdown of scary, yeah. like, scary movie moments or scary moments. And I just remember it always getting freaked out by the vampires in it, but that's them parading. Yeah. So it obviously had a very kind of big impact. I think it was like, I don't know about the TV show, but the book probably was one of the first kind of forms of media to take the kind of Dracula kind of lore and put it in a in a very kind of American, like like a, like a setting, like a very modern kind of setting of like a town. Exactly, you know I mean? yeah. It, it took it out of like, you know, the old Big spooky castles castle. And, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But like even, I think we said this before, I think you know this as well, Stephen King, when he wrote the book, he wanted to call it Jerusalem's lot, but his wife was like, no, yeah. like don't call it that. Like that's, it's too holy sounding. Yeah, yeah. It would be a bit of a touchy so, subject, I feel, yeah. as well. Like, people could misread that in a, in a negative kind of way, you know? But And it was initially named Comma Salem's Lot yeah. to, like, kind of shorten the Jerusalem, but then the comma was taken out and they just called it Salem's Lot then. But I think it's better to call it Salem's Lot because it's, you know, that gothic. Yeah, no, it's definitely got, yeah. like, a very kind of creepy feel. Um, 
is the reason why you picked it for like a Halloween movie is because it was associated with the <laughs> the countdown behind this. Yeah. Scary, any, scary moments because that was shown around Halloween, you know. Yeah, when it was on. exactly. For anyone who hasn't seen the hundred great scary moments that was on Channel Four, it was made in like two thousand and four. Yeah, something like that. It's and probably it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Freddy Krueger here, aka Robert England. Welcome to a hundred greatest scary moments. And I I saw it like back when it was not because like when you watch it now you're like whoa that's so outdated but yeah. um what his what's the comedian's name though Jimmy Carr Jimmy Carr yeah. yeah he he narrates it and yeah, like yeah. he's really funny but like when I watched it when I what I watched that when I was like eight years old yeah. that's crazy like I would have watched it when it first came out yeah because like, was... I remember us talking about that we both watched it yeah. when it was actually on TV yeah when because we used to watch it all the time when it came on. They they Channel used to reshow until it got too outdated to the point yeah, where they're like we yeah. can't reshow. But for a good few years, they used to show it over and over again. I say they reshowed you know? it up until about two thousand and ten. Something like so. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I saw it as a little kid. I remember being like, "Oh, this is too scary to watch it in in this room." And because every TV back then had the what what do you call them when they have a cer- certain set of channels? You know, they have like RT, yeah. or Channel Four, anything. So the like, cable. Yeah, like yeah. basically the basic kind of cable thing. I'd be like, that's too scary to watch in this room. So I'd go upstairs and my dad is watching the same thing. Oh, and I'd yeah. be like, okay, maybe I'll watch a bit up here and I'll come downstairs and I'll watch a bit here. Oh, no, no, back upstairs. Yeah. And a bit down there. But, <laughs> that's you know. so funny. Yeah, I remember my mom wasn't really a big fan of me watching scary movies because she came from a Catholic home, mm-hmm. you know. It was very kind of shunned upon to like look and she thought it would like, you know, disease my mind yeah, yeah. Um, but she, when she realised that I, I was really into it she'd be like oh you know she, it'd be the odd time she'd be like tell me that a horror film was on or something she knew I really liked the 100 Great Scary Moments countdown and uh, she would always like read the newspaper and know when things are going to be on yeah. like you know the, the TV guide in the newspaper and she'd coming up to Halloween I remember she'd be like oh you know the 100 Great Scary Moments is going to be on tonight and I'd be like yes you know because yeah, no, it, it was, was such a it was such a thing to set you in the mood in like October when it would come yeah. on um, but it's something I would definitely recommend watching if you're into horror films. Yeah, because you find it online somewhere. Yeah, like uh, we yeah, found, found it online. online yeah, yeah, I think I, yeah for something it. like that. Yeah, now like there's another one out there as well. The Bravo Hundred Scary Scary Movie Moments. Movie moments That's all yeah. the American ones. It's on YouTube. Yeah, we're gonna do a whole episode on just Channel Four is the Hundred Scary scary moments and we'll talk a bit about the bravo one but it was such a kind of important thing for us like our careers and us being horror fans that it needs a whole episode to talk for us to talk about it you know on its own what would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human fright night if you love being scared this could be the night of your life going from sounds that my second pick is fright night which is yeah. basically a comedy version of Salem's Lot. Do you know the plot of it at all? You don't know anything about no, it? No, not really, no. Well, <clears throat> this is a 1980s one. The remake is like one of my favourite movies of all time, but I'll talk about that another time. But this is about uh, a guy living next door to a vampire. He's just, The vampire's just moved in, and his room is basically right across from this guy's house, and he sees him 
bring people back and kill them. Oh, I remember seeing the remake of it. Yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I do know it. Yeah. The original is the one that kind of feels like Halloween to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the uh, clip I saw of it. It it is that vibe, that kind of Salem's Lot type vibe. Yeah, it's very um, gothic, you know. But it's got that real eighties kind of feel to it, and they've got like eighties fashion and eighties cars and everything. You know, the whole like thing is that he keeps bringing people back to his house. And the kid is witnessing it. And he quickly discovers that he's a vampire. Yeah. yeah. It's Chris surrounded in the role of uh, Jerry Dandridge. A vampire who has a name like Jerry. If people think it's like, yeah. what? Like, people don't believe him because he's like, what vampire is named it's Jerry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his like efforts to stop him, he pays a horror TV host. Mm-hmm. Who's like an old Hammer movie actor. Yeah. To help him kill this vampire. But your man is like a fraud. Well, he's not a fraud. He's just an actor. You know what I mean? He doesn't know, like, he's not going to kill, like, a real vampire. But yeah. he kind of just goes at him because he feels bad. And then he soon discovers that he's a vampire as well. And there's this whole kind of, like, in a lot of other Dracula kind of stories. Not, not the characters Dracula, but in a lot of Dracula stories, there's a reincarnation of his wife. Mm-hmm. They play into that as well. But it's like, I remember I liked Salem's Lot. But I didn't like it as much because I saw Fright Night first. Oh, okay, fair. And there's almost, like, shot for shot, some of it's so similar because it's, like, the two characters go in to the house to stop the vampire. Both the vampires have a helper kind of character. They're all basically, like, um, some supernatural thing. Like, James Mason in Salem's Lot was a supernatural being in some way. But yeah, yeah. There's a great scene in this one. They stab his... Uh, Helper. They shoot him, he doesn't die, and then they stab him and he melts in a very it's like a very kind of eighties movie in regards to its special effects and its gore. Like it's imagine, got some yeah. really great special effects done by uh done by Steve Johnson. But like some lots of melting and transformations and bats and stuff and a really good soundtrack as well. It's got its own original soundtrack. Right. Roddy McDowell plays Peter Vincent, the vampire hunter who he hires. But because of like the subject matter of he's like a big horror fan in it and he watches a horror TV show with a horror host and he hires the horror host to kill a vampire and everything, it does have that kind of Halloween feel because it is very like, it leans into the genre. And anything like what we were talking with Scream, I think that kind of leans into the genre, feels kind of halloween to me overall because it's very self-aware. So he's a horror fan that gets a horror actor to kill a real, like, horror kind of character. Welcome to Fright Night. For real. It was just another one that would be, like, a lot of these are just going to turn out to be the same of, like, why do they feel Halloween-y? Because I used to watch them around Halloween. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I think a big thing about finding vampire kind of movies very Halloween-y is also because we, we're Irish. We come from... The writer, the Bram writer Stoker, yeah, yeah. is by Bram Stoker, who's actually from Dublin. Yeah. So I think, obviously. Well, we have the Bram Stoker experience, which is exactly. like a museum haunted house that I used to. Yeah. I used to go to it yeah, as a kid, so good, yeah. and it, that's why I guess why the vampire stuff always kind of like I liked it a lot, and it creeped me out because it was so you know that that style, that old gothic dark. I I find anything that's suburban with a gothic, kind of gothic theme or like gothic imagery put into it always seems halloweeny to me because it's usually i mean i'm you know i live in the suburbs you know what i mean i yeah. come from that kind of I'm not, i don't live in like a city or anything but it's like any sort of uh suburban um gothic blend i always find to be halloweeny 
because like I you know obviously I come from like the suburbs I don't live in, in the middle of a city or anything but when you have that kind of gothic imagery put into the suburbs that to me feels like Halloween because everyone's house is done up in a kind of I want to say similar vein in the sense of they want to make it look spooky and everything and the whole feel of the horror being in a suburb reminds me of Halloween because I think Halloween almost I feel like lives and dies within suburbs now people think it's it's all about trick-or-treating that's what it's basically become yeah you know what I mean it is very it, American it is yeah, yeah. It, is, it is I mean I don't feel bad about that like at all it's like it's it's it is what it is and i like the whole suburb feel i don't know if i like halloween in a city or anything like that you know i like the 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 idea of people going out trick-or-treating i don't think people do it that much anymore i no. like people staying in and watching movies or having parties in suburbs and all that kind of stuff and that's why i think i, I tie it that's why i feel like fright night in particular would be yeah yeah like any like halloween i i'm i'm like uh, a big fan of any horror movie set in the suburbs I think they're all really good. Like, If Follows was great. Halloween is great. You know, I, I like the idea of a tread coming into a suburb because you think it's so populated that you'll be safe, but it's not. And having to deal exactly. with it within the suburbs. You yeah, know? yeah. Because it's not so far into the country that it's, you know, completely isolated because in the suburbs you are surrounded by neighbours and everything yeah. like that. Did you get much trick-or-treaters when you were younger? Uh, well, I live uh, basically the last house on the left. No, I actually live at the last house on the right of my neighborhood and it's very spooky looking which i love but not many people like to come visiting it you know because it's very kind of it is there's a lot of stuff to go through yeah yeah yeah. but um back in the day when we were younger yeah because they would know there's a family living there and we would go out trick-or-treating and they would know they kind of come back but it's kind of perfect now in the sense of we don't get any kids so we don't have to buy anything you know but we always do because of you just know. in case yeah, yeah. Exactly. but we're the same like i live on like a cul-de-sac with only like 14 houses and there was never we were the only generation really of kids on this road and, and once you uh, grow up there's yeah, there was yeah, no one yeah. else after and we never had any trick-or-treaters around and it's pretty sad because i me and my mom will always like buy sweets and have them to go out just in case anyone yeah. calls around like i mean we did get the odd the odd like handful but that was it and it was never like you know, it was always, I always like got excited, like, like oh my God, trick-or-treaters. Yeah, yeah. But then it never happened. Yeah. They never called and it was just like the big bucket of sweets were just waiting there, you know? Yeah, I, I would spend Halloween at other places. I, like, I'd go to uh, my grandparents who live up the country, who also live up in the suburbs over there. But that would be a lot more. That was the new suburb that was built yeah. in the thousands. So all the kids would be young there. So that was kind of very much... Almost like an American Halloween of the amount of... Oh, yeah. Well, some American Halloween as well. Of, like, yeah. the amount of kids that were there. And, you know, you'd get that very much, that feeling, you know. Just because we talked about Salem's Lot, I think that these go hand in hand. That's why I was kind of saying that when I'd seen Salem's Lot after I'd seen Friday Night, it felt like it wasn't as good, but it's that's, like, deadly serious, that movie. But this is a goofy comedy. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen The Lost Boys either, but it's like... No, I tried to watch that and then I, I didn't get a chance. I know that that's supposed to be a really good film. I've heard mm. from a lot of people. That would be like a, another one in my like top 50 mm-hmm. movies. Like, But that's a different type of vampire movie. But this would be in the same vein of 80s, just really kind of fun vampire movies. They were very... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's looking at himself in, in the, the mirror. mirror. It's, I'm talking to myself, you know, because no one else listens. <laughs> It's definitely worth checking out for that kind of like, if you like vampire movies, it's a more kind of goofy. I say goofy, but I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just like that 80s-ness, you know? It, the movie is so 80s when you see it. Like yeah. all the fashion in it is everything, you know? But if you're 
we're into what we were talking about with Salem's, uh, Salem's Law. Definitely. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. <laughs> the world of darkness. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. The one hope. The only hope. The Exorcist. This is my third pick, is The Exorcist. Um, this is another film that I saw clips of when I was mm-hmm. very young. <laughs> and it creeped me out. To the point where like, I would be terrified of anything in the dark. I would see... Regan? I would see, yeah. I would see here in... Like, I remember staying in my grandparents' house and going to bed and seeing my mom like sitting in bed and just like my imagination was completely overreactive. And I remember my sister was watching with me as well and she started freaking out as well because we could both like see Regan and my mom. It was so creepy. Your mom. Yeah, we're just like, you know, we were just like, our imaginations were just, I was like, I don't know, eight at the time. Yeah. I was really young. And so I always swore off watching The Exorcist because it was so creepy. Yeah, it was. Um, um, it was in the list as well. Yeah, it was in that yeah, heart, so that, that haunted, scary, the haunted, scary, moment. haunted, scary moment. <laughs> it was haunted, scary, scary moment. Yes, it yeah. was in that list, and that's what me and my sister had watched. And when we went to bed that night, I remember just being really creeped out and just like not even like wanting to go to bed because I was thinking about The Exorcist. It's like one of the most famous horror movies that you'd know parts of it and you'd know at least. The vomiting and you'd know the head yeah going 360 you know yeah. spinning around you know and if you've ever seen scary movie too oh, you'll have seen the parody of it but it's it is a good film and it's it freaked people out so much when it was made back in the day i mean it was banned in ireland you couldn't you couldn't rent it you couldn't see it in the, well i don't think you could really rent films back then when it came out was like 19... I, yeah, I don't think it was properly released uncut until the 90s, I think. Yeah, because it yeah. was made in 1973, so it was in the, the peak of Ireland under the Catholic rule. Yeah, yeah. So it was ostracised out of I, Ireland. I don't understand that, though, because it's very much a Catholic film in the sense of, like, if you are Catholic, this movie is going to scare the shit out of you. If you believe in God, it's going like, to... And the, it was sorry, very much so... if you believe so... in God and the devil, it'll scare you, you yeah. know what I mean? But, but it's it was... pro-Catholic. Exactly, I, think, I was yeah. just going to say that. It, it is pro-Catholic because it's saying... Catholic can cure this is they're, they're the answer yeah. if you're possessed yeah I mean you know they don't do it exactly perfectly but at the end of it she does like hug one of the priests and it's like the, the priest did save her at the cost of his spoiler at the cost of his own life yeah you know? I feel like it, it like if, if you do believe in the devil and stuff the movie's 10 times scarier oh for you, my god you know yeah, I mean? if you believe all that stuff to be real but um and as a child like obviously I was conditioned to think like that because I came from a catholic home and the like the, the movies even if if you're not the movie has a lot of stuff behind it that you feel like you've heard stories everyone has a story about it being cursed even yeah. if you're not like they were delayed in filming for a good few weeks because uh the set burned down oh yeah in the middle of one of the scenes and that would that used to creep me out as a kid because there was a lot of weird stuff that happened with the exorcist and the omen and like poltergeist and stuff and i feel like there is a lot of yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. there is a lot of weird things that happen with horror films dealing with the devil which does freak me out a little bit like not that i'm saying that i not that i'm saying that i like i'm like i'm i wouldn't consider myself catholic i'm agnostic now as Mm -hmm. as an adult and i just feel that any kind of movie that 
feels that it's odd. How, yeah. But I would also say I would be the same as of you in, in beliefs. Um, but I feel like sometimes stuff will get exaggerated and stuff will just be Maybe, coincidence yeah. and a lot of the yeah. stuff could happen to like no one hears about it no one talks about how the movie maybe I don't know if, I don't know if it is how the Goonies was cursed or Lethal Weapon was cursed some tragedy could happen on those movies but they wouldn't necessarily be called cursed because they have nothing to do with the devil exactly you know? that's very not true, that there's anything yeah. wrong with those movies they're just two random examples I chose that so. aren't dealing with the yeah, devil yeah. exactly yeah no I just find it very interesting there's loads more facts that um you can look up online there's like loads of trivia and stuff but yeah I mean they're very interesting to, to, to look into but I remember as a kid when I did see that that clip and I was like I like my parents would have made me think that the devil was real you know and mm-hmm. um, so that freaked me out and I was always so afraid of like Ouija boards and stuff you know because I was like that could be a portal Any, to the yeah, devil supernatural exactly sort of, yeah, uh, yeah yeah and the whole, super, the whole yeah. thing is like be respectful I think in that movie as well of like don't talk shit about the devil you know that kind of thing yeah it is a very scary movie now like it took me ages to properly watch it because i'd be one to watch clips and stuff but when you watch it in the right setting because i think it's been spoiled for so many people because they know the clips of it and they know the exactly scenes. but if you watch it properly there's some great stuff in it there's some really surprisingly good jump scares in mm. it as well and uh, i mean I, I like jump scares when they're done right yeah not yeah. when they're done you know in very stupid ways but um they have some really great ones and the tension is really good and the atmosphere and the world they build is very creepy. And that's another one that's set in very much a gothic, a suburban gothic, gothic setting. Gothic, yeah, That yeah. poster is literally... The, exactly, yeah, all the, suburbs, the, yeah. the fog around the priest standing outside the yeah. house. It's great. Like, it does look really good. And it does set the tone for the film because you do have... You feel that, the fog, like... Yeah. You feel that kind of atmosphere when you're watching. I mean, I watched it then when I was... For the first time when I was 14, I kind of eventually accepted, like okay, I'll watch it now. Like, I think I'm old enough to watch it. Yeah. Um, I think it won't scare me that much. And it really didn't scare me. Yeah. Because I was I was a bit older and I guess I was probably trying to be a bit cool. I mean, I watched it by myself. Yeah. At like, I think I watched it at like so two, cool, two o'clock in the morning and I thought I was so cool that I was like, ooh, I don't, didn't find that scary. But no, I but think... maybe it wasn't the right setting for me. Oh, I think, I don't you know, know, sometimes... I w- I actually, to be honest, I didn't even really like it when I watched it. It, yeah, I mean, I saw it when I was a bit too young to, I think, appreciate it. But when I rewatched yeah. it... Um, yeah, I, did, I could, didn't appreciate it Yeah, then. when I rewatched it when I was older. But it, it is, like, it's the ultimately kind of hyped horror movie. Because everyone has a story about it. Like, I remember my mom would be, who, who also, like, uh, comes from down the country and stuff. Back when she was living up the country, she, her and her friend rented a bunch of uh, videos to watch when they had a free house. And uh, they saved The Exorcist for last because it's the scariest one. And when they put it in and at a certain point when the stuff started getting good, the power went out in the whole house, you know? So everyone has a story I feel like that with that movie who are older, who saw it when it kind of came out. I I talked to other friends and they said, oh, when my dad saw it and this happened and... You know, all these I remember kind of when we watched and, the clip. Yeah, like when we watched a uh, a clip of it on the the Channel Four Hunter Scares uh, Scary Moments Countdown. It was obviously a VHS rip that somebody uploaded on YouTube. Yeah. But the tape had obviously got really worn when they started to talk about The Exorcist. And honestly, it was a bit eerie. It freaked yeah, me out. it was a bit eerie. That, because you know. it was like 12 o'clock at night. There was like a few of us in my house. And we start, We said we'd throw the other people who were here had never seen the 100 Grey Scary Moments. And they didn't really know much about it. And we were like, okay, we'll show you bits of it. And uh, when it got to that, that part of the, the show, it just... That really yeah, it made was it weird. Really like the weird. tape was very worn around that. And it was like it's funny how it's most worn at 
at this particular this, point like exactly, pitch were cut, yeah, cut yeah. out and the, the, vo- the, the sound would go in and out and everything you know it was yeah. very uh, odd and the fact that it was just like a few days after Christmas there's something about Christmas that that, yeah. that is creepy in, in a, a sense in a way yeah there's always ghost stories at Christmas as well I exactly. don't know what it's like in other countries but in, in Ireland, Ireland yeah. and I feel like in England as well there's a lot of yeah. uh, ghost stories I mean Christmas Carol is a, is a ghost story at the end yeah. of the day isn't and it Black you know? Christmas yeah I mean there's so many horror movies said Christmas time. Uh, Christmas, there's a there's you know? a different sense of creepiness around. Yeah, Christmas. it's. I think anything with the winter, anything when it's the like darkness, dark at yeah. five o'clock, four o'clock, it's a bit like okay, yeah, things are gonna gonna creepy. be creepy. Your, your yeah. mind is gonna start messing with you in a yeah. way, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just to reiterate my last point, when I said that I didn't really like it when I first watched it, that was obviously I didn't appreciate it when yeah. I was fourteen. But then obviously I had a newfound appreciation for it when I watched it when I was a little bit older because especially that was made in 1973 and it was so controversial for Mm -hmm. the time that's what got me really like I don't know I just loved the fact that it was banned from Ireland like I thought that was so funny because we were just under such Catholic rule but it does always remind me of Halloween because it is just it is like yeah it is like one of the most famous horror movies yeah and and I feel like yeah what you're saying like the stories behind it and the kind of atmosphere the movie brings almost Almost kind of, I mean, I, and I do like the movie a lot, and it is one of the, the best movies, I think, ever made. It might not be on my kind of favourite list, but it's definitely one of the, the best movies ever made, because it's a really well-made film, either way, with special effects, and how it looks, and mm, everything, but... Yeah. People were giving vomit bags in the cinema when it first oh, really? came out. Yeah. Because it was so out there, you know, you yeah, wouldn't get like, that now, because we've had so much films that are so pretty, boring Yeah, stuff, no, but, but it, it is pretty out there for what the time period oh you definitely know, like the whole yeah. crucifix scene and everything yeah. but for like a movie that is so famous and has so many stories and so much history that the all the atmosphere and the stories of the movie almost rival watching it that if you know all these stories you can almost ruin the movie i feel in a mm. way because it doesn't live up to this huge amount of hype that it has in a sense that like yeah. everyone's got that story everyone thinks it's terrifying and it's so famous but and, and because now like honestly there's so many movies that have copied it you know so many movies that have copied it and taken that kind of idea of the possession and mm. I'd say it's still the best possession movie ever made I couldn't I could, nothing comes to my mind that, that rivals it you know no because there was the the exorcism of emily rose isn't that i've never seen that but isn't that like a more of a drama kind of movie because it's based off a real case and stuff yeah Yeah, exactly i watched it that was another thing that my mom rented for me when i was 12 for a sleepover and i was like okay so you won't let me watch the exorcist but you'll rent the exorcism of emily rose okay it's a court makes a lot of movie yeah it's a court case movie but it was so boring. Like yeah, for 12-year-old yeah, kids yeah, yeah. who wanted to see her levitate from the bed. I'm pretty sure that does happen. But we wanted to see the, the 360 the head, head yeah, thing. Yeah. And when we... Because we thought it was the exorcist. But it yeah. wasn't. Because at that time, I didn't know the difference between the exorcist and the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. But I did. I remember we turned it off. We were like this shy. I, I thought when I was younger, I used to think that any... Uh, the name Exorcist meant that it belonged to the franchise. So, like, you didn't know there was an Exorcist 3, but there's, like, an Exorcist 1, an Exorcist 2, an Exorcist 3. Then there's, like, a fourth movie they made that they had to redo. So it's, like... It's like two cuts of the one movie. Yeah. And then they, and then I remember thinking the exorcism of Emily Rose was a part of the same franchise, which it isn't. But then mm. I thought like uh, the last exorcism, which I love, I think it's a fantastic movie. 
uh, either battles in the same franchise and then that had a sequel and then everything with the word exorcism I thought was related <laughs> to this one movie you know I thought it was one big giant yeah. franchise you know? yeah. but uh, no it, that would be as well like definitely want to check out for I guess if you haven't seen any horror movies maybe go go bold and try with that one and if see you want to like go it. bold yeah, I think, wanna, I think it's, like it, it is still quite it's long it's like it's, two hours or yeah. something you know but if you're any bit religious or anything like that I think it is scary well, then, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. And I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karras. Where's Reagan? In here with us. Yeah, if, I'd if say you watch believe it. in the devil. I'd say watch it if you're a religious man. It's mm. like watching a documentary. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't know. I do. I mean, I. it wouldn't be my... I recommended to watch it if you've never seen a horror film, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know just what, whatever people are into. Like, if somebody scares easily, I definitely show them this just to. I mean, scared, scared fun, though, you know what I mean? Oh, I don't no, think it it's going to traumatize yeah. anyone, so I would definitely, uh, definitely check it out if you want to be scared. Because I remember a friend of mine actually texted me recently saying, like, what should I watch? Should I watch Hereditary or should I watch The Exorcist? I want to watch something to be scared. And I'm kind of like, Mm, I don't know because both movies you kind of have to stick to and you've got to put the time mm. in and, and like I, I showed him Hereditary with a group of people and they loved it and we watched it as a group and we were in a in a like little bungalow a little cottage in the middle of nowhere in the country yeah. and that was a great setting and everyone thought the movie was that is scary. a great setting yeah. and, and it was great but like he ended up watching The Exorcist and he said yeah yeah I didn't really like it that much and I was like yeah well you know what can you do you didn't maybe you didn't watch it in the right setting but like at the end of the day how many times can I say well you you didn't appreciate that movie because you didn't watch it in the right setting. Yeah. A movie should just be great anyway. You know, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. you have to put the time in and it's so hyped up, you know. But if you know nothing about it and you want to watch something to be scared and you don't watch horror movies, definitely try try this one. Try but it, but yeah. you, you say no because it might fuck somebody up, you know. Or yeah. it's like a lot of commitment as well because it, some people could find it boring. It's like, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Some people could find it boring yeah. um, at times if they're not into horror films really at all. Yeah. I think we like it a lot because we know so much about the history of horror films and we're so into films in general that it may, it means more to us, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know? the history behind it. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on a night of the full moon. I'm a werewolf. An American werewolf in London. Something different. For my third pick, I am picking American Werewolf in London. Or An American Werewolf in London, I think, is the proper title. You haven't seen this one yet. The reason why I'm kind of going with it is to... Well, I'm going for all the... Uh, Different types of monsters. Vampires was my last yeah. one. I'm going straight into a werewolf one. But this is, to me, would be the pinnacle werewolf movie. Another, like, we can only pick five movies for this list or else we'll be here all day. Yeah. But originally on the <laughs> list... <laughs> yeah, we have been here all day. Originally on my list, I have the old Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman. The old Universal kind of black and white movies. Any of them, I feel like you throw on Halloween. It feels Halloween-y because it's spooky. It's all the gothic imagery that we talked about. But this one, not to keep saying this kind of point, but it is the kind of movies... The feel Halloween to me are the ones that I watched as a kid around Halloween a lot. 
So this one was one that I bought because I thought the cover looked very cool. And I remember I was really young and my man had to ring my dad to read out the title on the phone. And is it okay for him to buy this? Is it appropriate? He's like, yeah, it's good. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that wasn't even is it appropriate. No, it's a good film. Yeah, definitely let him buy that. But uh, I remember watching with him and just kind of being blown away at how it was just really out there. Like the transformation scene is the most famous scene. Like Rick Baker one an Oscar for the werewolf transformation. Just the movie ended very suddenly as well. I don't mean like in a negative way or on a cliffhanger. The werewolf is finished with whatever and the movie just ends and it cuts to a very upbeat song. It's Blue Moon by uh, by the Marcells. I can't remember. It, it just kind of, I was just thinking, well, like as a kid, I was like, isn't this great? There's no bullshit at the end of the movie. There's no other, like all the characters don't gather around and talk about how they feel at the end of it. It's just, no, okay, what we came to see is, is gone. <laughs> the movie's over, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's over. Leave you know? it, end. You know? Yeah, but, interesting. Uh, like it's, it's the best horror comedy. I think it set the bar for horror comedies in the future that when it's funny, it's really funny. And when it's scary, it's really scary. Like, they definitely kind of want... Like, it's... Horror comedies, I think, are really hard to kind of... To do. It's a real, like, tightrope to walk. And sometimes you'll have characters cracking wise or making jokes in a situation that, you know, it's like... that You wouldn't do that, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it comes with the actors as well. How yeah. natural they are at doing it, too. Yeah, like, some... Like, if your movie's kind of overall very silly and stuff, I get that and that's fine. But when you have, like, you're trying to be serious and you have the main characters like wisecracking when the danger is there it's a bit like okay you know like this is just dumb you know yeah the fact that the actors you know they're not playing for a comedy they make jokes like anyone else anyone would in real life you know that kind of thing okay yeah and and then when it's scary or when they're in pain it they they really go for it with the acting like griffin dunn you saw the opening scene it's about two american tourists going backpacking in england yeah and they're in the middle of the moors and they go to a bar called the Slaughtered Lamb. Stick to the roads, beware the moon. And of course, they leave that, and they one of them they both get attacked. One of them gets bitten by the werewolf. The other one gets killed. But that whole opening sequence, to me, is just extremely atmospheric and Halloween. I mm. keep saying Halloweeny, Halloween esque. They change yeah, it up a bit, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But when Griffin Dunn, who's the one that gets killed, is killed, his whole death scene. you saw it I think earlier is so like graphic and he really sells it like he does because because it's so when was it made what was year? 1980 I think or 81 it came out yeah I mean it's done very well because now when you watch it you know it's like a dummy that's on yeah 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 he's he's and then he does it well in that scene the kind of emotional weight to it is that when he gets mauled, it's like all the the werewolf is really different. That the werewolf isn't like a wolf man who wears ripped pants. You know what I mean? He's uh, a, the the werewolf is a giant dog. It's yeah, like, it's on all fours, and it's like a bear when it attacks people. So if you take it as in just a bear attack, the main character David just runs away when his friend is getting mauled, and like he's calling out for help, and he's like, "Oh God, it's killing me! Please help me!" And then he finally, when he's run like a good bit away, he's like, "Oh no, I have to turn back and help my friend." Yeah. And that is so relatable. You're it's like, oh, so fuck, it is, you know? and, it, and when I saw that clip, I was like, "That's a realistic reaction yeah. to something like that." You do, I mean, obviously, I've never been in a situation like that, but I can imagine that from like tamer things. If you get a fright, you do run, say if you're like at one of those pharmaphobia things or something, yeah, you run, and yeah. then your friend is like, 
I remember I, last year I went with my friend and uh, she was on crutches and uh, we had to be, I remember it's some guy came up after us with a, uh, a chainsaw and I was like about to run. I was like, shit, I can't leave yeah, her. So it's like that like, fight or flight thing, but I think yeah. it's so great to have characters that are a very kind of realistic in the complex of, yeah, yeah you would kind of run away but then no he turns back for his friend but by that it's too late yeah and stuff. but, but um, he would i mean you can blame him he was never going to survive no no like yeah, yeah like if that like that's the whole thing to make it realistic to compare it to like a bear attack you know you're kind of fucked if a bear attacks you you know what i mean yeah but that kind of whole thing of the english kind of moors and everything that's feeding into the whole gothic imagery thing and you know it was a Halloween kind of regular uh, viewing for me mm. from that moment onwards, you know? The uh, the whole kind of mood to the movie, like the the balance between horror and comedy, like at the, like I read up the financiers for the movie. John Landis made this. He made yeah. um, The Blues Brothers and Animal House and stuff. So he came from a comedy background and a bunch of, I suppose it was financiers, didn't want to give him money for it because they didn't know if it was a horror movie or a comedy movie so i feel like it was one of the first ones to really do that like horror comedy as we would know it today you know but with that kind of comedy and the mood there's these um dream sequences that he keeps having after he's been bitten that he keeps hallucinating with there's a sequence where he's uh dreaming where he's back home with his family and uh, the whole thing is john landis is jewish and uh the character's jewish so the threat is that they burst in there's a bunch of nazi werewolves or nazi or a german soldier werewolves that come yeah. in with uzis and they kill like his younger brother and sister who are watching the muppets they kick the tv in ladies and gentlemen they shoot the dad they burn the house they slit his throat and you're like what the fuck was that and then yeah. he wakes up in the hospital and the nurse they do that fucking dream within a dream so she pulls open the curtains another werewolf nazi jumps out and starts stabbing stabbing it to death and like if you're seeing that you're laughing but at the same time you're like this is horrible like what's going on like, yeah you know but yeah. uh, that like has to be one of the most famous scenes like in the movie or like i want to say if if there's anyone that hasn't seen it like you haven't seen it if you don't want to watch it after that scene i feel like just maybe don't watch the movie because like that should sell you on it you know Guess the werewolves wasn't really my thing yeah. as a kid. Do you not live for the Twilight? Do you live through the Twilight craze? No, no, I wasn't a big Twilight fan, no. I read the book and I thought it was grand, mm -hmm. but I wasn't crazy into it, you know? Do you remember the um, the thing with Twilight that, like, I think it still goes on now, but people would, would make fun of the, the Twilight. I mean, I don't, I, ne I was never into them, but I don't make fun, like, I don't care about them, you know, yeah, like, in a way. Yeah, but... Uh, but people would be like, oh my God. This is, but this is worse than Twilight, <laughs> or like this is a better love story than Twilight yeah. ever. And I was like, why do you, why do people have this kind of hatred for that movie to the sense of like fully grown men or <laughs> something are commenting on movies from the eighties, being like, you wouldn't get these werewolves in Twilight. It's just like, and they still do it today. You know, people still make those comments. Do, today. Yeah. It's a very odd. Uh, yeah, they, they, odd on thing. TikTok, it's a huge thing to like Twilight as well. well that's really weird. Yeah. It's kind like, people not over it yet. You know. A look that led to an evening. We were attracted to each other at the party, that was obvious. And you're here with a strange girl being a naughty boy? I don't think having dinner with anybody's a crime. I've got to see you. This is going to stop. No, it's not going to stop. It's going to go on and on. Fatal attraction. I guess you thought you'd get away with it. Well, you can't. <laughs> 
um, the fourth movie that I, I was that I picked is uh, Fatal Attraction, and I guess it, this is going to be like my last film that we're going to be talking about individually, because we, yeah. individually because we both picked the same one as for our the, fifth for films. our last yeah, one, yeah, for our last one. So we'll talk about that then. But this is directed by Adrian Lin. This film just really like I don't know what it is about it, but there's something so relatable. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, it's so, I don't know, it just, it really, it, obviously because it's just really well written and mm. when I was younger, when I watched it, it was nearly like she became like a Michael Myers type character for yeah. me anyways because it's this, it's a scene particularly when she kind of just goes off the rails. Yeah. Um, the last bit in the, the film. The last bit yeah, in the yeah. film, yeah. She's, there's so much things about it and it created, you were saying, it created such a subgenre after that. Yeah. Of that crazy. Of like, cra- it's unfortunate, crazy bitch kind of movies. And yeah. I, that's like a really fucked up way of saying it, but that's basically, I feel like, people in Hollywood basically, a bunch of, they just took it guys and ran with be it. like, what crazy bitch movie can we make? You know that? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I mean, even Glenn Close will say herself now, um, she said like in interviews and stuff that she would have approached it so differently. But she also said she had done loads of research on it at the time. But obviously, psychologists aren't weren't as you know up to date up to date yeah, now as they are health. now with yeah. mental health. So at the time, they told her like this character Alex Forrest has no mental health issues. Yeah. Um. But psychologists now will say that she had aromania. I think that's what it is. I'm probably butchered okay. that. I probably got that wrong. It, it's. Aromania, whatever it's whatever it is, it's the psychological condition where you believe that somebody's in love with you mm-hmm. when they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what she that's what the character had. Yeah, and she said that she definitely would have approached the character differently and I guess with a little bit more care. Yeah. Because it it is a little bit like it is a little bit problematic yeah. for sure. No, you know? de- definitely. Especially the ending that they went with. The original ending is that Alex Forrest, after her and Dan have the fight, she commits suicide and she slits her throat. He's just after fighting with her and she uses the same knife that he had his fingerprints on. The cops come for him and yeah. they, they arrest him. But his wife, Beth, in it, she finds a tape of Alex stating that she'll kill herself if he doesn't love her. But Wait, does he not get arrested then in that final version? He, he did. And free. then once he gets arrested, Beth goes up to find the number of their lawyer mm-hmm. and when she's trying to find the number, she finds this tape. Yeah, yeah. And it says, play me, Alex. And when she's listening to it, it's at a point where Alex is saying, if if you don't want this, like, if you don't want me, like, I'll just kill myself. I'm just mm-hmm. going to end it all. And then Beth is like, oh my God, yes. Like, I have evidence that she did commit suicide. I don't want to live without you, Dan. I can't live without you. But when you push me away, you give me no other choice. I'll just go deeper next time. I'll kill myself. I will. I'll kill myself. They test screened that ending with audiences and audiences wanted to see Alex get killed. Yeah. They wanted the revenge. And even like, I remember hearing that audience would scream in the middle of it, like, kill the bitch, kill yeah, the bitch. Yeah, yeah. Which is like unfortunate because Very, she obviously yeah. had mental health mental issues. Health. And, and, and it's really, it's sad. It makes me feel kind of sad now. It's a, it's a bit fucked up. I mean, I've only, what you kept telling me to watch this and I only watched it over the summer and I was kind of surprised how, how good it was and how it did live up to it. But it is extremely pro- problematic, but you can still enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Michael Douglas and uh, Glenn Close are great in it. But um, 
Michael Douglas, I see very much as the bad guy because he cheats on his wife. Yeah. And Dude, and they have know, a kid too. And they have a kid and they have a dog and they have, you know, yeah. it's... They have know, great you know, friends. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I won't talk about how much I like the friends in the movie. It's uh, been a thing with me. After I saw the movie, I was like, God, the friends characters were so... Because uh, they're just yuppie Americans. It's like... Uh, Michael Douglas' other movie, Wall Street, is like a good pairing with this movie because it's like yuppie New Yorkers. And I really kind of like that aesthetic. And uh, I just thought the Friends characters were really interesting. I mean, they were very kind of just... Realistic. Yeah, realistic yeah. and kind of like bubbly, kind of like they very kind of self-centered in not a mean way, but they're in their own kind of little bubble, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get that. And it definitely kind of built the world, but Michael Douglas is definitely the bad guy. And when you see basically Michael Douglas' wife kind of forgive him and even kill Glenn Close at the end of it. Yeah, because his wife is the one who shoots her. She shoots yeah. her, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> but these movies are old and you can watch them with spoilers anyway, but... Because um, they're still... They're, they're still, still amazing. They're classics, you Yeah, know? exactly. When that happens, it's like, mm, did you really want her to be fighting for Michael Douglas? And like, maybe the ending would have been a bit more okay if she had killed Michael Douglas and then the wife had killed her because now they're both kind of dead together. Yeah, that kind of thing. that might have been a bit. Because when Michael yeah. Douglas is like, well, it's over now and I can go back to my family life and we'll probably have to go to therapy and she'll never look at me the same way. But he but still gets still off gets, a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, he still gets away with it, you know what I yeah. mean? But then... He I, just I, wanted to... He thought, oh, my wife's away for the weekend. I'm going to have a fun weekend. I met this, like, pretty blonde lady. There's no... Uh, moral kind of will I won't I in it he pretty much decides oh yeah I mean oh well I'm gonna have my fun and it kind of seems like he's done this he doesn't before. question it yeah he's, he seems like he's done this in the past you know yeah I, I think I said this to you before though but you know there's the whole very famous scene where Glenn Close has killed the the bunny in it the the, the rabbit which you know? is the originating of if you've ever heard of the term oh she's a he or she is a bunny, bunny boiler. boiler yeah this is where it where originates it comes from. from like yeah. it's their you know a crazy girlfriend or crazy boyfriend kind of thing you know isn't yeah. that it? you know but um that whole thing with the pet is like very famous you know but one of the things i was saying to you that i found very kind of like personal was that he takes the family dog out with uh <laughs> glenn close at one point for like a day in the park and i was like oh that feels really seedy and gross to take the family dog to be playing with the mistress and yeah something about it is like this is uncomfortable you know what i mean this mm. is really uncomfortable feeling you know because it's, it's like such an invasion of privacy and everything, you know? But, um, yeah, because if dogs could talk. Yeah, I mean, that whole scene, I was kind of taken aback with. But uh, the movie is just, like, incredibly written, and they do really work well together. Like, they the do, scene yeah. where they have yeah. dinner, and he gives the whole speech about him at the opera and stuff with his dad. And uh, mm. she, I mean, she's great in all of it. There's so many scenes people have probably seen of this movie that they don't know that they've seen, because it's a parody in some way. Like, yeah. the scene when she's yeah. flicking the lights off and on. In her apartment, and yeah. she bought tickets yeah. to the opera. She's listening to Madame Butterfly. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah, and that's being parodied. I know in Family Guy and stuff. And then the bunny, obviously, the bunny boy has its own term. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like it is, it is something that you, you've definitely heard the different things from it, but you probably don't, e might even know of the film. You've definitely seen probably a, a movie inspired by it. Or yeah, because yeah. it, it started those whole. And I, I, just, I, I don't mean to be offensive by calling them, you know crazy bitch movies but I feel like that's what people would have considered them of crazy women you know like yeah you know because like obviously, the hand that rocks the cradle and all that mm, kind of stuff you know yeah like obviously like horror films have are getting better yeah, yeah. oh yeah not yeah, yeah. just like you know making the woman out to be like this crazy woman who just she's only living for this man now you know yeah. and that's kind of how it was a little bit and 
it is problematic. I do th- like the film, but I do, I have my, my qualms with yeah. it as well, you know? I, it goes into like a long list of horror movies that are problematic but shouldn't be forgotten or, or they can be watched and they can be enjoyed. That This one in particular can be studied and you can take what's good and bad from it. But like if you look at other horror movies, they do enter that kind of list of like they shouldn't be made today. Like even Friday the 13th movies, Jason's a big, you know, a, a big man who has like deformed mm. and he's a killer like is it o- is it okay is he a killer because i know his, his mom died in that kind of franchise but it's also like is he just a killer because he's this big kind of deformed guy it's yeah like, that's not all right and yeah, then there's yeah. always a reveal at the end of the movie that shows off his face mm. and to show his facial deformities and to be like oh he repulsed by that that's the scary kind of reveal no i like those movies and i like those setups and everything but would i want to see one of them made today no would i want to see fatal attraction made today not the way it was made no you know what i mean yeah and even um hearing that people said that back when a fatal attraction was released it was made in the 80s 87 yeah it's in late 80s yeah so it was when it first came out there was like people that said that men apparently were scared away from curly head blonde curly hair headed women for mm. like months afterwards and mm. i was like oh my god yeah jesus christ it's i mean the whole movie is like it didn't direct the director say it's a, a metaphor for aids the aids crisis when like in the 80s was the the aids crisis yeah. and so it's like a sexual encounter that stays with you for forever deal with the the repercussions of yeah. just the a sexual encounter you know a lot of people went up to like glenn close and michael douglas and they said you oh my god you saved my marriage oh, really? <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. Fucked up. it's yeah, fucked yeah. up because um people were scared of cheating on their partners yeah. then because this was a possibility that no one ever thought of that yeah, ha- would yeah. happen it's it's glenn close's second scariest performance next to quote the bill in yeah. the live action 101 uh, dalmatians you went as her for halloween and that's probably one of the reasons why you uh yeah, why exactly yeah. that was it? Yeah, because I went as her for Halloween a as, few as, years as, ago. As not Quelle de Ville, which kind of would have been a bit more what's the word? Tasteful. Sane, <laughs> sane. I think. No, you went as uh, Alex Alex Forrest. Forrest, yeah. yeah, from Fatal Attraction. You think in the big leather coat that she wears, or the end of the movie, the white kind of the jumper, white... but no, no, you... no. You mean the white dress? The white dress. Okay, yeah, yeah. You went as. Attempt the attempted suicide version of Alex Forrest. Wait, yeah. What was it again? With the the white T shirt and the the slit wrist, which I think is like the best part of the film. It's very. I didn't very, know. Very. Yeah. It's it's a weird feeling to the film because he's just after telling her that he doesn't want he can't continue this on and yeah. she's really upset. He's comforting her, but she he doesn't realize that she's just slit her wrists. Yeah, and like I and was, it's, this wasn't spoiled for me when I saw it for the first time, and it did it gets you, you know? it does get yeah. you doesn't oh, yeah, it yeah. yeah really really unbelievably scary. sudden they like literally have an yeah. argument and he steps out and between him stepping out of the bedroom into the main room of the apartment she slid her wrist and it's it like surprisingly a lot of the scenes have been spoiled for me yeah but holy shit that bit was so kind of sudden and so like anything really with wrists well or anything like that yeah. really makes my skin crawl like it really yeah ooh, like veins and stuff really kind of gets me and that you know yeah i don't know about me. you but i remember feeling like really sorry for her. oh like, yeah feeling no. really bad because i i i kind of like empath- i kind of sympathize no, no, with her 100%. character you know? she then yeah. close even said in, in the interview um that like in an interview that she doesn't see her as a bad guy she didn't play her as a bad guy no you play didn't. it as a bad guy and you'd be like twirling your mustache as a super like an evil villain you know but just really like you know not well you could make a horror movie or like about this but from 
Michael Douglas. Like you could yeah. flip it and you yeah. could rewrite little things and you could make a good horror movie the other way around. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because he just thought he could get off scot-free after having his fun on the weekend. Yeah. Too fucking right she came back <laughs> after him. <laughs> That's why I think the ending is fairly problematic. But the original ending where she kills herself, I don't know if I'd want to see that either. It seems like it would be too depressing in a sense. It is. I'd rather be turned yeah. into a fun kind of popcorn kind of movie rather than this is really dark. Like there's no, it, like then he'd, he'd get off on that one as well. She, they yeah. find the tape and he'd get off free in that one as well. He'd exactly. Just, yeah. He'd lose he, his wife, you know? Um, no, cause the wife was delighted when she but, found the uh, tape. Yeah. She was like, yes, cause they kind of made the Beth who played by Annie Ar- mm-hmm. Ann Archage. They've made her out to be a little bit of a, you know, a cuckold, you know, she's, mm-hmm. can't believe you said cook. <laughs> a cuckold. You've brought it into a level of, uh, internet personality I didn't think we were going to reach just yet <laughs> fucking cooks man fucking cooks and simps but I don't know she didn't know that's the whole great thing but she about didn't the movie know. is the uh, will she find out like there's a whole levels of suspense when she's not revealed to be violent towards anyone but herself and that was a big thing with Glenn Close in, in the interview that she was saying that self-destruct like a self-destructive character was, was the way to play it not destructive to anyone else to attack somebody else with a knife but when you think she's just kind of self-destructive, the way they keep the tension going is when will Michael Douglas's wife find out he's cheating on her? And there's the whole great scene when they're going to sell their New York apartment to move down the country and she moves in to... Uh, she, uh, Alex Forrest comes in as a potential buyer. Yeah. And he knows and she knows it and the wife... Like, Michael Douglas knows. The wife has no idea. Klaus knows and the wife does not know. And the and tension it's this great scene. is... Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's honestly a great scene in it. And it's one that I forgot about until I rewatched it and I was like, oh my God, this scene is fucking fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, definitely worth the watch. Did anyone get your Halloween costume? No. Oh. <laughs> no one understood my Halloween costume. And I was a ward in town. And I also wore it to a party that night. And no one. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you? I'm, I'm the Alex Forrest. And I was like, You know, the suicide version. Twist the bones and bend the back. Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts. Witches! Thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, we shall be back! Bette Midler. Hello. Sarah Jessica Parker. Would thou dance with me? And Kathy Najimi. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. I mean, I think everyone probably, except you, <laughs> has this as a Halloween movie. I know a lot of people that hate this movie, though. And I, I stopped talking to them almost immediately and end the friendship <laughs> from, from that moment on. I, I feel... This is obviously a really big nostalgic movie for me, as with a lot of those people when it comes to Halloween. It's set at Halloween. It's a Disney movie. They show it. They have a weird thing in Ireland where they don't show it every Halloween. RTE, which is the you know main kind of channel in Ireland, will show it every Easter instead of Halloween. I don't understand why, because it's set at Halloween. It is like the kind of pinnacle kind of kids movie for... Halloween feeling. Yeah. It's like everyone has, no matter whose house it is in the kind of the suburbs uh, of the movie, they all have an insane amount of Halloween decorations because it's set in Salem. You know, it's the Salem which kind of trials has touched upon that. This is another one that, you know, I just watched when I was a young kid that we recorded off the TV on a, on a videotape. And I would watch it so much that I could tell you like the ads that would play in between the movie. You mm. know, like a weird... Uh, 
act them out and yeah. <laughs> burnt into my brain, you know, because I watched this movie so much. And like promos, I think Band of Brothers was only on TV around that time. So those promos for that, uh, that I just kind of seared into my brain. Okay. This, this movie is just so much fun. If you have, like, if kids haven't seen it, they definitely should. I think it should be shown. I mean, everyone has Disney Plus now, so everyone can watch it there, you know? I never watched it as a kid. I never, it never was on for us. I never watched it as a kid. Interesting, it just was never on the TV, and my parents never got it first or anything like that. It wasn't yeah. a big thing. It was here. always off season when it was shown yeah, for some yeah. reason, you know? So, it, I, the first time I saw it was when I would be on my break at work. They used to play it in the break room, and it'd be really interesting. Well, they played it in the break room in October. Yeah, once on it hit season, October, yeah, yeah. On, on, on season. Once October hit, they'd play it, and um, I found it that I just, I just would sit there on my break and watch it. But I don't know. I, I never really sat down and watched it properly, and I think it's something that I probably will watch now because. I'm kind of in the mood to watch like all those kind of old Sp- like, spooky kind of yeah the feel the nice feel ones, like that yeah. that's what we're kind of doing the list for that we said like, to get the before. feel of to get Halloween. the feel of Halloween yeah. and then there's, I don't think anything better than than like there's big Halloween parties in the movie there's you know Bette Midler I really like Bette Midler and I think she's great she sings I put a spell on you and it's the most famous scene I put a spell on you and now you're gone. incredibly fun movie and the production design is great like that's yeah the production design like next to on par with halloween it's got that autumn feel yeah because it's as well the colors of like all the leaves and everything it's such like even though i haven't seen it like from start start to finish finish, like i can when i picture it obviously i've seen like you know clips of it and so uh, that's obvious but I do like this first thing I think of it when I think of Hocus Pocus, I think of the orange leaves yeah, and the yeah. orangeness of it and just that vibe that I, I guess I kind of chase for. Yeah, no, for Halloween, that's, that's you know? it. Like if you are a Halloween fan, like we would be, I think you'd like it. You know the thing? I'd yeah. like to say as well that I don't think it's a movie that you'd have to see when you were younger to enjoy. I find no. the movie, I mean, I did, so I am biased, but I genuinely find the movie fun. Yeah. I think it's always going to be fun. Like it's Bette Midler. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and mm-hmm. uh, Kathy, Kathy, I can't remember her name, Kathy Nagini or something, but the three of them are hilarious and as the three witches, like it's so, so They have funny. good like chemistry together too. They, they're just so funny, like there's just yeah. so many funny jokes and, and it's genuinely just entertaining, but there's other, like I feel like it inspires uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch mm-hmm. as well, the whole I, talking. I loved that when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, that was yeah. great. I'm, I'm not exactly sure when that started, but um, that could have come before and I could be wrong but there's a whole talking cat character in this and of course there's uh Salem in Spring and yeah Teenage he's Rich. like yeah. the reoccurring character he's like in every episode oh god yeah, yeah yeah he's like one of the main main ones. characters yeah. yeah so like I love them that kind of witch kind of atmosphere to it yeah you know? because I think it's Sabrina and I think of that and that kind of goes hand in hand with it you know it's just funny kind of looking back at it when I'm older uh, Doug Jones, who's in all the Benicio del Toro movies, who usually plays monsters. He plays like the uh, the main deal man in the the Shape of Water, and he's in all the Hellboys and all that kind of stuff. But he plays the zombie that pursues them in it. Oh, and right. It's just great to go back and look at a movie in your childhood to to see this kind of. Oh, he's in one of my favorite movies as a yeah, kid. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's it definitely captures the American. Halloween aesthetic film. of Halloween yeah, yeah. Like, and it's something that I've always chased ever since I was a kid like I chased I wanted I wished that other people in Ireland loved Halloween as much as I yeah. did so everyone like no one on my road will put up Halloween decorations That's other it. than my neighbour 
who's my next door neighbour, that she's into Halloween too. Um, but no one else would, especially when they when their kids grew older, they were like, They yeah. just stopped, they grew out yeah, of it. Yeah, and it makes, yeah. it kind of really takes away from the fun of it because if everyone's doing it, then imagine it how becomes, much fun it yeah, would be, you know? Yeah, it becomes like Christmas. Like, yeah, no one's going to exactly. turn around and say Christmas is like, nah, you know, my kids yeah. are too old for Christmas. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not going to put, put up a tree. Day. Yeah, could you, you imagine know? that? Like, so I would love, and ever since I was younger, um, I would try to chase that feeling and Halloween was always a bit of a disappointment because it was never it didn't live up to the films no it never yeah, lived yeah, up yeah. to that that aesthetic and that like you know pumpkin patch and like everyone had pumpkins around that, yeah they, that's lit, this is literally that type of yeah. movie where everyone in the neighbourhood of this like setting of this movie would have ridiculous amount of decorations exactly. and they'd be seeing certain pumpkin patches and everything yeah. you know yeah like they have like giant um, plastic uh, cauldrons made of, of like filled with sweets yeah, and stuff like that yeah. and like one of the characters in it um it like her she has this uh it's like the love interest kind of character for the for the for the main character has this family because she's like rich in the movie and her family are like born into salem so they're all their ancestors lived in salem they're, they have a big kind of mansion and they have basically an old kind of like period piece Halloween party where they wear all the old kind of powdered wigs and that whole thing. And when they walk into it, they do have like the giant cauldron of sweets and stuff. And it's like an, like an incredible kind of Halloween feeling. It was also made by Mick Garris, who made the Stephen King's uh, TV adaptions, I think. Oh no, written by him and directed by Kenny Ortega, which leads into our next film. You've seen all kinds of movies, but you've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So that brings us to our last film that we want to talk about that we both had on our top five picks list, and that's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, it just so happened that we both didn't tell each other what we like went away, got our five movies. Yeah. But ended up with this one. It's something we both have in common that we want to talk about. Yeah, so it's, no, it's I an mean, interesting one. It's obviously then I feel like it's it speaks for itself and being a Halloween movie if we yeah. both picked it, you know? Yeah. It's just to kind of get straight into it in regards to why I think it's a Halloween movie is that it's again the gothic setting and everything exactly, like that. Yeah. But the whole movie is about like dressing up and yeah. and it's the same reason with Scream, you'd see a Frankenfurt or a Riff Raff or a Magenta or a Columbia a Halloween oh, a Halloween it? party or yeah. a Halloween costume. Yeah. You know what sure, I, mean? I, I dressed up as Frankfurt for Halloween before. But yeah, that's it. and then the the whole love for horror movies like Fright Night of like the whole opening, the science fiction double feature mm. opening song. Then something went wrong for Fay Ray and King Kong. So it's a big kind of love letter to those old movies. Like even at the end of the movie, you have Tim Curry singing, like, don't dream it, be it. But it's on the RKO backdrop, you know, the big tower and RKO yeah. produced King Kong and everything. So it is very much made, I think, by people who love those movies. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously like you yeah. want to watch it around Halloween. But it, it was you know. it was uh, it was a theater show yeah. before and it was obviously adapted then from theater. Richard O'Brien, who plays Riff Raff, Riff Raff he yeah. wrote the theater version of it. And then the screenwriter was Jim Sharman, Sharman who, who also directed, directed it. Movie, yeah. yeah. But I, I thought I saw the theater show. It came to Dublin a few couple of years ago, and I just that was what really got me into it. Like, cause I had seen the Rock Hour Picture Show when I was younger, when I was like maybe like fifteen or sixteen, and like as much as I. In it. But yeah. I like wacky stuff, so I still liked it, even though I was like, nah, I the songs know. are great in it. Like the songs, yeah, are, are keep you. They keep you they're genuinely yeah. really well written, they are, and they're yeah. very catchy. Like yeah. I, I can remember all of them. You know that kind yeah. of thing, and that's rare with a musical. 
Exactly, but there's like it's a cult classic, and they in Ireland, in Dublin, especially a lot of people in Dublin love it, and I'm sure all over the world. But we have um, places in town that would that would put on yeah, yeah, and that would put on nights for it, and you dress up. And you would have yeah, it it's was like, like a, a newspaper thing where you when it was raining you'd put a newspaper over your head. And what was the thing you would throw? Uh, toast for a let's toast. have a toast. That was like that's like a yeah. midnight. They have them like all over the world. For yeah, these yeah. kind of screens in Ireland it was it was huge as well. It is and, big. Yeah, you know, they've been going since. 1975 since the movie came out you know mm-hmm. I, I think the movie came out and it, it became a cult movie because you know how could it not because it was so likable it was so enjoyable but I think it came out around the same time Jaws did <laughs> I think I think Jaws obviously beat out the box office definitely mm-hmm. beat it and it got no money but I think it's made so much more money since then because every yeah. time they show it there's money being generated yeah. for it but I, I never got to see a live performance like you did I've always wanted to yeah oh, but, you it know. was incredible like it was the best one of the best musicals I've I've ever seen live and it was just and I was like right up the front as mm-hmm. well my friend had got me tickets for my birthday if it ever comes again after COVID like that would be the first one I would go yeah. see like it's so good yeah, yeah and it's just so different it's so out there especially for its time it was so oh, out yeah. there and I like, love that about it like, I really pushed the boundaries it's got a great message of just kind of being yourself yeah yeah and everything and then like when I first saw this I saw my dad shout to me when I was really young and that was like my first exposure of of finding out what a, a bisexual person was without being a like, oh, sexual yeah. preference. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. But it's odd that as such a young child, the movie kind of just clicked at me and it was like, this is one of my favorite movies now from now on. Mm. But um, it, it always kind of stuck on me. They Like my parents bought me the soundtrack of it. Like I'm such a huge fan of it. I, it didn't become like... A, Halloween essential viewing until they did the remake who Kenny Ortega who made uh, Hocus Pocus directed a stage kind of remake with Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black which I didn't love but they showed that around a Halloween and I just remember thinking oh I've forgotten how much I love this film and then since then on it's been one of those like if I have a Halloween party it gets thrown on in the background Mm. and if somebody just turns and looks at the TV they're like oh my god this is like what is this this is so interesting like that Halloween I had a party and I chew on uh, Halloween, like John Carpenter's Halloween, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Suspiria. So anytime somebody would turn and look at the TV, they'd be like, "This is great." You what's know going what I mean? on? Yeah, 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 what's going on? This is amazing. You know? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I know. It's there's a a documentary behind the scenes of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I saw a couple of months ago. It just makes you want to go watch it again. You yeah. know, and just hearing like Tim Curry like talk about like the character and stuff like that. I play um, Frankenfurter, who is a kind of. Uh new variation on the mad scientist horror films that we all know and love i don't know i just love that there's documentary footage of behind the scenes of that film since like 75 is like like a long time ago you know yeah yeah. you know that's it's just it's crazy to think of that 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 movie the kind of out out there with its ideas and stuff came out yeah yeah gotta give it to tim curry as well i just love him and everything he's he's so good you know there's something so wacky and wonderful. Yeah, about like him. he's like, just really kind of like charming in it. Yeah. He's very, you feel bad for him at points and you see him as the villain as others, but he's very... Alluring. Um, yeah, like he, he's like, uh, he really puts a spell on you during the movie that you can't yeah. take your eyes off him, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he's great in it. The yeah, original no, yeah, yeah, no, like, I mean, I love him at Muppets Treasure Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love him at everything, you know? I see you shiver with anticipation. What's your favorite song in it? Probably the Time Warp. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about that beginning 
Yeah. That that's what got me really into it. I do love the first song. What's that with the lips? Uh, What's that called? Yeah, that's science fiction. Science, yeah. That that's yeah. my favorite, I think. But it would change every. I think mm. time somebody would ask me the question, I might change it to something new. But. Yeah, I definitely think my, though my topic favorite song of that film is definitely the time warp because that's yeah. when they come into the castle and they're yeah, like, "What the fuck is going it's on?" It's really when it gets and then the weird, dance. Weird, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. very, very famous dance. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's so that's all of our essential Halloween viewing. We're hoping to go through the whole of October doing more episodes of these for Four for Fright. So yeah. hopefully we'll do an episode every week. One of the ones that we will want to be doing is because we kept talking about it is Channel 4 is a hundred scary, scary moments. So expect to see that sometime in the near future. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 404. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> We're so we just fade, yeah, we just fade out there.